Yes, we are into the second week of the postseason, down to just eight teams now and the business end of the season. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. For a moment, then I completely forgot as to how many teams are actually left. So is the NFL postseason. But uh, six games to recap this weekend, Steve. It's just you and I together this week. You had a bye going into this round. Sean has been eliminated thanks to a last-second interception by work. Um, very Raiders-esque in that uh, in that way. But you being the Green Bay Packers style, sure number one seed. You come through here in the divisional round. How are you, sir? Yeah, doing well. I don't know if I can do that intro any justice. I don't know if I'm as much as the Green Bay Packers, but they'll be uh, they'll be uh, pretty pleased with uh, with what happened over the weekend. But um, yeah, um, an interesting interesting weekend of action. Um, I think this is the sort of time of the year where if your team is not you know one of the best in the league and is involved, you sort of you almost sort of breathe a sigh of relief, don't you? Like it's, oh, it's over. You know, like we don't I have did. to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you're sort of like, right, we can put that season behind us. You know, let's have a few months off and then we can get back to it. But actually, when the when the off season comes around, you once it gets to like, you know, April time, you're like, oh, bloody hell, I miss football. I wish football was back. So yes, we, we must remember to enjoy it whilst it's here because uh, this is where it starts getting tasty. Um, but before we go on to that, we really should discuss... Uh, the weekend's action or or lack thereof, shall we say? Yes, we should. So uh, some of you may have seen on Spotify or other vendors that we've titled this podcast the not um, not so wild and certainly not super wild card weekend. And we say that because when you look at the uh, when you look at the results as to how they've finished. Only two of the games ended up within a score or even within two scores. Uh, You know, you got the Bengals and Raiders at 26-19 and the 49ers beating the Cowboys 23-17. And the rest are blowouts. Four out of the six are blowouts. Um, It's not even something that I could say is um, a relative surprise either. Yeah, I think one thing I was I've been saying this week for to, to everyone I've spoken to since the since the um Sunday night game certainly is that and obviously the Monday night football has proven that as well, is that this year it feels like with the exception of San Francisco, this has been the biggest gulf of quality between your divisional winners, your top four, and then the wildcard teams, your five, six and seven seeds, because all of the, uh, with the exception of San Francisco, all of the five, six, and seven seeds just went out with a whimper, just yeah. n- like no fight at all, like not you know really none of them even really came close. 
um you know the the it almost felt like they were there to just make up the numbers yeah um you know the the patriots were were absolutely bulldozed as were the eagles you know the steelers were scored half the points the chiefs did the cardinals might as well have not shown up like you know it, it, i'm not it sure just, they did yeah exactly you know it was just it was a really sort of poor showing and it makes you sort of think to yourself and i often think this like you know a lot of people told me i'm obviously we all know i'm an eagles fan a lot of people said you know you should be thankful that you're even in the playoffs you know getting there is getting to the dances you know is is the most important thing but i thought to myself like you know if you get there and you get into the playoffs even as a seven seed if you just get in you're in the door but then you get absolutely blown out first you know wildcard weekend and you go home you know being embarrassed by the opponent you play What's the difference between the Eagles and let's say like the Chargers or the Saints who finished with the same or similar record and just didn't quite make it in when the Eagles just got embarrassed on the road at Tampa Bay? You know, so it's it's a, it was an interesting weekend. It's almost disappointing that we didn't see any other upsets apart from the Niners. Um you know, and, and pretty much everyone most, I would be surprised if there's many people's brackets that are, that are out of, you know, that weren't thinking with their heart, like I was with the Eagles, but there's a lot of brackets that are probably still going to be active after these results. Yeah. Is your bracket still active? No, because I picked the Eagles. No. No, you go, you go with your head with the bracket. Go with your head with the bracket and your heart elsewhere. So you end up with something. Uh, Mine's completely active. I thought that the 49ers were going to beat Dallas last week. As I said in the pod, there's always going to be one. Yeah. At least. So you never go all home games. You always pick one or two on the road. And I felt, I felt like there had to be a second road team in there. And yeah. the, the only other one I could have thought was the Raiders. So, you know, in terms of how it sort of went this week, I'm not too surprised by it. But when you actually look at the game in general, Beng- Bengals Raiders, you know, realistically, apart from that final drive, the Raiders weren't anywhere near close to Cincinnati, really, since he yeah. just sort of took their foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah, and there's, and and again, the Raiders sort of seemed like they were there to just make up the numbers. You know, no one really ever thought that the Raiders would beat the Bengals. The Bengals are in sort of red hot form. I think the Bengals are one of the teams coming into this playoff run where you're like, oh, I don't really want to pay the Bengals because they're in you know real good form at the moment, and they proved it. You know, they they got the job done. They did what they needed to do. Um, do you know what is wild? I found out that that is Derek Carr's first playoff appearance. In, I think it's seven seasons in Las, yep. Ve- in Las Vegas and Auckland. Um, first playoff appearance because he broke his leg, didn't he, in week That's 16 right. or 17, whatever it was. And Connor yep. Cook when they were on red hot form, he uh, yeah. he ended up breaking his leg. And it was heartbreaking at the time, yeah. even for a neutral. Cause, yeah, because that Raiders team was good. And they had Connor yeah. Cook come in and he was dreadful, bless him. You know, he was a, he was a sort of, a, I think he was a drafted that year, wasn't he? So yeah. he was never going to win a playoff game. But yeah, I, I remember feeling like, you know, if Derek Carr hadn't gone down, that Raiders team could have done something that year. But yeah, his first playoff appearance in seven years and, and out with a whimper. Well, it's funny that you bring this up at the top of the show that, you know, there's a lot of talk about the the general sort of, you know, vibe of of this year's wildcard weekend. Are you saying that you are, you know, that there's been quite a debate on Twitter, for example, that Seventh Seeds was a bad idea. Are you in that camp? I mean, I don't know because it wasn't just the seven seeds who were bad. 
Like the seven seeds in the NFC was the Eagles, who yes weren't great. I, I, I absolutely hold hands up there. But the seven seeds in the AFC was the Ste- was it the Steelers? It was the Steelers, no, yeah. It was the Steelers, yeah. So I mean, the Steelers obviously played against the Chiefs. But I mean, if you're the seven seed, you're going to be playing the second seed, and the second seed is going to have a sort of a, a, an eleven or a twelve win record, probably. We're now we're in seventeen game seasons, so. You know, especially when a seven seed can get in on nine wins, and the, the you know the uh, two seed can get in on twelve, sometimes eleven. You know, they're going to be better teams, and so it's going to take a lot to be an upset. And that's why there's seedings. I I like the idea that there are more games, so it gives more chance of teams to get in. But like you said, if if those teams getting in are just there to make up the numbers, and actually they're never ever going to beat, you know, a, a um a serious contender then then why yeah like you say why do we have it like before they expanded to seven seven seeds um when was the last time a six seed went to the super bowl um i don't know if it's happened at giants i think it was the giants yeah because i think we've had this conversation previously and i think it was the giants back in uh, 11 i think you know so it doesn't happen yeah. very often and obviously you know it's, it, you're not expecting it to that you know if you scrape into the playoffs you obviously lost enough games that you are a beatable team but you know, the, the playoffs is a different beast and I thoroughly believe that playoff football is a different game. And I think, you know, the good example of that is the Cardinals-Rams game. Like, the Cardinals beat the Rams earlier this season and looked good doing it. And the Rams have, you know, have had this stuttering offense with, with Matt Stafford throwing all kinds of interceptions everywhere. And yet, you know, Tuesday morning, our time, it went all back to normal. And the Rams were up 28-zip at one point. They were. So, um a couple of things. So I'm just going to jump in on the whole seventh seed thing. I actually think that this year is just an anomaly. Uh, the, the AFC needed eight teams, really. Um, you know, seven, seven didn't seem enough in the AFC, but seven was far too much in the NFC. I would have given, I'd have given the seventh seed of the NFC and handed it to the AFC to create an eight-team playoff on that side because I felt like it needed it a lot more. You had a AFC playoff run without the Chargers and without the Colts, two teams that at points this year seemed destined to, you know, go quite deep at one point considering as to how they were going and just faltered towards the end because they were playing other good teams. Yeah, and what's wild as well is that if if you'd replace the Steelers with let's say, you know, like a, a Chargers or a Ravens or even a Browns, you know, with all due respect, like I think any of those teams gives the Chiefs a better game. Any hmm. of them, you know, I think certainly the Chargers, you know, they're in the, the divisional rivals. They've had, they've had some good matchups this year. Like, you know, obviously it may not have. have well, gone Char- out that Chargers way. Chiefs was written written in stone at one point. You know, if yeah. the Colts had just done their done, done their job, then it was practically yeah. written in stone. Yeah. So I think maybe it's not necessarily having seven teams from each side. Maybe it's the fact that a couple of teams couldn't, you know. Uh, couldn't get across the line and actually cost themselves a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. And so actually teams that perhaps, you know, weren't quite as deserving have ended up getting in. Yeah. The AFC just... shot itself in the foot. Yeah. It really like did. You, I said that last at... week and I maintain it. 
you look at some of those Steelers' performances through this season, and obviously, you know, I won't get wax lyrical about Mike Tomlin again because we all know my thoughts on him. He's such a good coach, and he's got them at nine wins. But if you look at some of those performances this season, that Steelers team doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the playoffs. No, but, but yet they, they still got, do it. They got in. Yeah, they got yeah. in, and that's an easy game for the Chiefs, just like the Eagles was an easy game for Tampa. So, yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't disagree that there's seven seeds. I think it's good that we get extra games, and it's more exciting. But... I think this year was just a bit of an anomaly, yeah, and, and we've got a couple of teams in there that perhaps probably didn't deserve to be in there. Yeah, so here's three things for you before we start talking about the games. Number one, the seventh seeds last year were the Colts losing narrowly to Buffalo 27-24 and the Bears losing 21-9 to New Orleans in the Nickelodeon game, I think that was last year. Uh, Mitch Trubisky obviously being the uh, the not reigning anymore, but the uh, first ever, the inaugural MVP um, in uh, typical Nickelodeon style now, we can say. Um, the last sixth seed um, wild card to win the Super Bowl was the Steelers against the Seahawks. So that's right. the last yes. time that, yeah. uh, that they've Just won. Yeah, that's 2010, I believe that was. Um, Super Super Bowl. I can't do Roman numerals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't do Roman numerals there, and it won't even tell me. 2006. That's when it was. 2006. 2006. And then my third point has gone out the window. So we've uh, we've we've all that said and done. We'll uh, we'll move on to the uh, to the games over the the weekend. We'll do them in chronological order. Steve, make it easier on ourselves. Let's do that. Yeah. So, first of all, we go to the jungle in Cincinnati. It's the only place it could probably be called a jungle in Cincinnati. But uh, <laughs> uh, the Bengals sort of, you know, they, they did their business early on against the Raiders and were able to hold out 26-19. What did you make of, um, first of all, do you think that the Bengals were worth the hype, for example, of the uh, start of this game? And do you think that they've come out of it you know, the same, better, worse off, because for me, it was a lot closer than it said, even though they seem to have it all wrapped up by half. Yeah, I think, I mean, with any playoff game, you never, it, I, I know I say this on a weekend when there's been several blowouts, but if you're not a team that's, that's you know, considered like a one or a two seed, like, the you know, your, your Packers, your, your Chiefs, your Titans, those types of teams, you know, holding any team to like under 10 or 12 points or so is, is tough, you know, let alone a, a, a Vegas team that's gone to all kinds of adverse adversity. I think had the Raiders have won this game, I don't think any of many of us would have been like, Oh wow, that's a massive upset. You know, this was the four against the five seed. So this, you know, this wasn't a crazy, crazy. No, um, it wasn't. Was it? Uh, yeah. So no, no, I mean, um, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a crazy. Yeah, it wasn't mismatch. a crazy outcome. Yeah, mismatch. So you know, they they still won by a whole score, and like, like you said, they weren't really earlier. They weren't the Raiders weren't really challenging until the fourth quarter, um, and like you said, they got their their business done early. This this Cincinnati offense is sensational, but the loss of their tackle to IR is uh, is a is potentially a problem. Um, you know he he's been he's been excellent that line and that line that you know a lot of us criticised in the draft when they went with wide receiver instead of you know an offensive lineman and instead you know they've ended up reaping the rewards from that because Jamar Chase looks like a sensational talent already, um, but you know it's it's how far can this Bengals 
team goal because they've got a good defense as well they've certainly got a good secondary um so it's a case of can this can this Bengals team go much further than this I think this was a good test and it do you know what as well I we I know we've got a lot of them in the group I feel, I feel really happy for our our Bengals fans our Bengals contingent because they've, yeah, waited, a long, they've waited a long time for this They've waited a long time. Was it their first first playoff it's, victory? It's, since... it's the first playoff win since before you could text about the Bengals winning a playoff game. Bengals. And in fact, the Bengals social media team even sent out a text in all caps. I mean, a tweet in all caps going, send them texts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they really played into it. And yeah... I, as as much as I as much as I put on my my brown supporting hatred of the Bengals on you know like like you say these are long suffering long suffering fans much in the same vein as uh, I was at the Browns last year a playoff victory is magical you know mm-hmm. we've both experienced it winning that that game especially when you've been waiting for so long is really something it was thirty years from nineteen ninety one. It was 30 years. That's such a long time. So Jeez, wasn't even born know. then. Christ. Yeah, exactly. Neither was I. So that's how long they've been waiting for this. So, you know, good on them. And it's great. Oh, to see absolutely. Them. And I, yeah. I really hope that they enjoyed it, even if they couldn't enjoy it right until the very end of which yeah. I, I have a similar feel. I remember it being about four o'clock in the morning, Roethlisberger sort of coming back and thinking, 15 points up, but I can't, I can't feel like this is done sort of thing. So, you know, that, they need to have that per- real danger and then just that release that, that oh, we've done it. We don't have to have that on our backs anymore. We live for another day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I am, I am elated for them. Absolutely. Um, a quick point before we move on from this, the Raiders actually outperformed the Bengals in practically every statistic apart from one of which was the turnovers. Yeah. So the lost fumble and obviously the game ending interception is what stood between the Raiders and the Bengals turning it over to the Raiders. Cause you know, we can wax lyrical about the Bengals all day long. They had a great first, first half performance of which was very Joe Burrow-esque chase got into the game. He used CJ Azuma a lot more as well, which is great. Um, but moving it on to the Raiders, I feel like they've had an incredible season considering the constant crap that was poured over them in the middle of this season. They have somehow got to the fifth seed, which looked impossible about a month mm-hmm. ago. If you'd have told me the Raiders would have been the fifth seed, you know, in in November, I'd have said that you were crazy. And then to come out of this game probably feeling that if one or two things had gone your way sportingly i'm not saying it was unsportingly or anything like that but if it you know if they just got a break or two they probably come out of this game and um they're ready to take on the titans next week yeah absolutely yeah i think you know and they moved on from mike mayock yesterday as well yeah um you know that was that's probably been a decision that's been coming i've heard uh, some nfl insiders were saying that there was mootings of that even happening just after the draft so you know it's 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 something i think that's been long in the pipeline but they've moved on from mayock they've lost their head coach they've lost several players to off-field incidents they've been you know fraught with controversy all season yet to come out with a 10 and 7 record 
um, and 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 take the Bengals really quite close in the end. You know, this I think this Raiders team is not a flashy team. You know, there's they're not they're not considered like you know you you think of the Bengals and you think obviously you know they've got Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase as the as the sort of the two titans of the team as well as some really good skill players on the team. And that's no disrespect to Las Vegas, they do have some good players, but they're not a flashy team. You know, they've got some good solid players on that team. You know, guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. Um, you know, Josh, um, Derek Carr's a, a, a you know a, a, what you would call probably a, a, a reliable quarterback, um, and they've come through the season, and I think they can definitely leave it sort of heads held high. There's, and I think that uh, Rich Bisakia as well has, has certainly made a made a, a push for that job. I think I th- yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if Las Vegas gave it to him, because um, I think they've done a really good. I think I think they should. I think they should. He's he's done. I mean, talk, talk about an interview process. There's your interview right there. Yeah. Exactly, took them to the took them to the playoffs after losing their one of star wide receivers, and it was a cornerback as well. You know, they've, yeah. they've as well as other controversies on and off the field. So, you know, yeah, I think the absolutely praise praise for the Raiders. Yeah. At, at least give him a one year deal. Give him a prove it. See if he can yeah. actually do it. <laughs> Don't give him a ten year deal. Look what happened last time he did that. Las Vegas. <laughs> no, they'll only give him a five. They'll, they'll give him a five. That's 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 a prove it in Vegas. Um, <laughs> right from uh, from the jungle to uh, to the snow globe in Buffalo. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking too much about this one, Steve. To be quite honest, um, no. for uh, a number of reasons. One, we don't have many Bills fans that actually listen to this, so they can't even <laughs> uh, they can't even take this in. I feel like there should be a lot more UK Bills fans out there, considering the kind of team and fan base they are. Um, we're probably way more likely to have New England fans who uh, will most likely want this game to never be spoken of ever again, but. 47-17 Bills in a game of which was supposed to be one of the tightest of the weekend. It looks like the Patriots didn't show up. Oh no. And that is unlike the Patriots <laughs> as well. It really is. Like I remember the, thinking when they got in and they got in as the as the sixth seed, thinking, Oh, Patriots are in again, here we go. Here you know, it's the same old, same old. They never go away. They've had one season off. You no, know, Belichick's had one season to, you know, to go skiing or something whatever he wants to do in in january doesn't usually get the chance to do um but here we are and and the bills have absolutely steamrolled them um josh allen was sensational he really and, was and this version of josh allen if they can get this more consistently out of him this is the this is the type of josh allen that will lead this bills team to several super bowls because this he was so good yeah i think it was an almost perfect um yeah do you want me to read out the stat line so 21 of 25 for 308 and five touchdowns no ints oh and he also got 66 yards off six carries on the ground for good measure yeah, he was just he was just absolutely sensational, and and uh, alongside his his um, sixty six yards on the ground, it was Sean something that Sean's been saying all season. Does this Buffalo team need to have a rushing attack to win? I was well, just he, about to mention it. Yeah, they look, they finally put something on the ground. Devin <laughs> yeah. Singletary looked like a man possessed. Yeah, he's he's the kind of man I've been wanting on my fantasy teams this year. 
yeah yeah exactly and so everything sort of finally i think clicked all in one game and you know 174 yards on the ground just over 300 in the air and a lot of receivers getting involved as well you know they they targeted i think there's nine different targets for a reception so you know there's they're spreading the ball around as well they're not just going to one or two guys yeah, Tommy Doyle so, getting a reception for a yard. <laughs> That's exactly. when you know that you're really digging into it. Reggie Gillum getting one for four yards. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, this was just a, this was just a, an all-round excellent performance from Buffalo, and this really cemented them. After having a bit of an up-and-down season, you know, I think they, they lost some games where it was like, oh, you know, Christ, if you really want to be going for the one or the two seat in the FC, you can't be losing that game. The the, the game against New York certainly springs to mind. Yeah. Um, but I think this is as much Buffalo being exceptional as it was just the Patriots being completely lackluster. And I think you'd probably agree that this is one of Belichick's sort of worst coach games in his career. He will not yeah. want to look back on this. He'll want to move on from this very quickly because the Patriots just did not show up. And, you know, all, all things said that, you know, they have still got a rookie quarterback. We can get all swept up on all of this, but at the same time, they do still have a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. And it, it showed, I think, you know, he, two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. He was sacked three times. Um, his rating was about half of what Josh Allen's was. Um, you know, he threw the ball pretty well, but, you know, when you're throwing two interceptions against a Buffalo team, that when their defense is going to take the ball off you, if you're going to give it back to their offense, then that Buffalo offense is just going to ram the ball straight back down uh, the Patriots' defense throw again. So, you know, the the defense was, was, I think, was just on the field for too long. And I think, you know, against times, teams like this, especially in the weather in Buffalo, um, it's just going to get tired, just going to get tired. And I think that's what happened. Um, I did see a Buffalo fan jump off the top of an RV through a table <laughs> after the game, though. So absolutely here for that, here for that. <laughs> Bill, Bill's Mafia is unrivaled. I mean, absolutely. I like to think that Browns fans are fanatical, particularly considering the stuff which they've had to go through, and they are still fanatical but bill's mafia is yeah. is like that but they've also taken like mdma or something yeah. like that just to chaos. really get the party started yeah it's complete chaos it's the dave moore of fan bases yeah yeah exactly yeah i totally agree um i've got the bills as winning the super bowl in my bracket okay. am i crazy I think everything depends on the game next week, which obviously we'll come on to later in the show. They've got a really tough game at Kansas City, and I think this will be a chance for revenge. Um, I think they, dare I say, I think they probably would have preferred to go to Tennessee. Um, no, really? I think so, yeah. I think, I don't know. I it's, think it's, everyone it's... would have preferred to go to Tennessee, to be quite honest. They are definitely the fake number one seed. Yeah. Yeah, and the Chiefs are rolling as well, which again we'll come on to. But yeah, that's going to be a sensational game, and and shock that they've put it at midnight on Sunday for us UK fans. So, um, yes, we'll uh, we'll wait and see. But yeah, Bills are, are definitely heating up at the right time. Who have you got as your? Uh, who did you have? Should I say? Couldn't uh, have been Green, Eagles. Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah, that's Green fair. Bay. I I yeah. um I have them going out to uh, I have them going out to the Bucks. Okay. So. Uh, that's, in the championship uh, game, yeah. Yeah, again, because again. Rogers just can't do it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I've said that every week for the past like four or five weeks. So I'm going to keep saying it until it becomes reality. And then I, can I reckon he's listening. I reckon, I reckon Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is listening. I reckon he's a big fan. <laughs> 
Hey, things which I've said about Lamar Jackson and Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray have uh, ended up proving true over uh, the course of this year. Who knows what I could actually be in control of. Um, heading on to, I'm, I'm guessing that you don't want to talk too much about this one. Uh, we're moving on to Sunday uh, afternoon. The Buccaneers rolling over the Eagles 31-15. We're going to get a bit more of a somber sort of mood from Steve now. If I had control over like musical aspects of this show i would definitely be putting on a slow ballad at this point but um i I think that you were probably predicting something like this maybe not quite as not quite as rampant in the start of it you know the bucks raced out to like a 31 nil lead before essentially allowing you to tack on two scores but um it, it was probably more of a case of just letting you get your hopes out of the way early more than anything else the this was obviously the 6 p.m game here in the uk on sunday night so this was the one that everyone was able to watch because it was at a friendly time Poor and the, exactly exactly and the worst thing about this is i think you know as, as a fan of your team you always want to bet on them and you always want to think that they're going to they're going to sort of come through no matter what how they're ranked or you know what they what they're sort of predicted to do you always want to back them. And I even thought, like, you know, this Eagles rushing offense is the best in the league. You know, they've proven that they can put up numbers, even against good rushing defenses like the Saints, like they did in in, uh, in Week 12. Um, you know, so they've proven that they can do that. But obviously, a lot of other things have got to fall into place, and you are still playing Tom Brady. So, you know, a lot of things have got to fall into place. A lot of dominoes have got to fall in the right way for the Eagles to come out of that. But I still thought they could do it. And the worst thing about it all is that, in reality, I still, you know, were the Eagles ever really going to beat Tampa Bay? Like, no, probably not, really, in, in, in reality. But it's the way that they lost. It's the way that they just rolled over. And, you know, this game was, this game was over in the first quarter when... Tampa Bay got the ball first. They marched down the field and scored a touchdown. You know, it's Tom Brady. It's what he does. Okay, fine. Let's answer back straight away. The Eagles' first drive, what do they do? Three and out. Three and out straight away. Straight away, we're punting. It's a and killer the punter, against Tampa. The punter shanks one, and it goes out at, the, I think, the, the Tampa 42. So straight away, you give him good field position. All he's got to do is get 30 yards for a field goal, even. You know, but he doesn't do that. He goes down the, down the field again. And, you know, it's 14 zip in the matter of about seven minutes. And, you know, when when you give yourself that type of uphill battle against the best quarterback to ever play the game, you're always going to come out un- underneath, always. And, you know, this 31-15 is not representative of what this game was like. Like you say, there was a couple of sort of garbage time touchdowns in the fourth quarter that the Eagles put on that, you know, 31-3 would probably be more of a representation of, of this game. And it's just frustrating because the Eagles have players. They really do. I've watched this team all season. They've got the best offensive line in football. That rushing attack is excellent when they mix different guys in and they do different sort of schemes and RPOs and all that sort of thing. As long along with Jalen Hurts, who's got his own wheels and can move himself. So they are not without uh, skilled players and, and people in positions, especially even on the, through the air, like Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard have proven they're good players. But when you allow that Buccaneers offense to just do what it wants. And they were even missing key guys. Like, you know, um, Godwin wasn't there. Um, obviously, Antonio Brown's not there. Um, you know, and, and and their top two running backs were out as well. So they were missing key guys on offense, and they still just made it look so, so easy. 
Um, and then when the when the defense did did start playing in the third and fourth quarter, they sacked Tom Brady four times. When they did start playing, the offense just couldn't get anything done. So frustrating, really frustrating way to go out. Like I said at the top of the show, like it, it doesn't really feel any better than the teams that just narrowly missed out on the playoffs because you know all we did was go to Tampa Bay and get absolutely slaughtered. By, yeah. By Tom personally, Brady. personally, I prefer to just miss out, miss out, but it's not in your control that you missed out. Yeah. You know, you we, you win on week 18, but let's say another team also got the win that they needed. So you, they're constantly asking yourself throughout the off season, we were good enough. Would we have done all right? Whereas, you know, you know that no, you weren't good enough and you've mm-hmm. been you've been down to a major blow. Yeah. Overall, though, as an Eagles fan, are you happy with your season? Yes, I mean, you know, I think most people would have predicted this Eagles team with a rookie head coach and, a, and effectively a rookie quarterback, you know, maybe four or five, maybe six wins, maybe, and, and sort of fourth, third or fourth in the NFC. And they didn't. They came second in the NFC, only only narrowly missing out to Dallas, really, in the grand scheme. Um, the only rookie head coach to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, there was flashes of really good play from a lot of te- a lot of players across the roster. Uh, you know, we've got the whole off season to do a sort of um, um, uh, look into teams and how they perform. But yeah, certainly heading in the right direction. I think this is a big off season. Those three first round picks look mighty mighty impressive now. So oh, yes, you've been able to do all this and still have those three very impressively placed picks. Yeah, you know, exactly. you, uh, your your front office has had a playoff season, if uh, if mm-hmm. nothing else. So yeah. yeah, I think that you're in a great spot going forward. It's all about execution now. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing I would just say on the on the Tampa Bay side of things is obviously Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He gets the job done. He's so good at what he does. He doesn't give you any chance. And it surprised me. We sacked him as much as he as, as the Eagles did because he gets the ball out so fast. That's one of the things he's always done throughout his entire career. And he, you know, is is he was, it was making things happen with Mike Evans and Kronkowski, but even guys like Gio Bernard, you know, making things happen with them. But from what I saw from this Tampa team, a better team than the Eagles will beat them. I don't think they, you know, if this performance was anything to go by, I don't think, I know they've got guys coming back, but I think a better team, a better quarterback beats this Tampa team. Um, I think, you know, you need a better defense and you need a quarterback that's willing to be aggressive. Um, so it's going to be really intriguing to see how they handle the Rams. I think it's going to be a really good test and we'll come on to the preview shortly. But yeah, um, this, this, whilst it was, you know, a shellacking, shall we say, and, you know, they probably could have put up more than 31 if they were playing really. I think they sort of took the foot off the gas in the third and fourth quarters. They did, but yeah. I, I think this team is beatable, really. I think they're beatable, but I don't think you'll see it in the NFC. Like you say, we'll, we'll come back to it, but I think yeah. that you're right, but I think that what you're looking for is on the other side of the curtain. Um so- and also, let's not forget, Tampa were without some key pieces. Mike Evans essentially had to run the show for them on offense, uh, as well as Tom Brady, obviously. You know, nine receptions for 117 yards, you know, and he doesn't get mentioned about anywhere near as much as some of the other um, wideouts of which are out there, and he constantly puts in performances. Do you know what? You took the words out of my mouth. I've literally just come back to think to say, like, we should give Mike Evans some props because he never gets mentioned in the conversations with the guys like Devontae Adams and Coop, um, Cooper Cup and, and, you know, and guys like that that are widely you know, regarded as the yeah. best in the league. He's, he's, he's so consistent tier so two. Long. Yeah, he's top of tier two, I think. I think if you take out your premier, like your, your world-class elite, constant conversation 
pieces like Adams, like Cup, like Hopkins when he when, when he's fully fit, etc. When you take those out, Mike Evans is the first on the list. See, I th- I'd potentially even I don't want to turn this into the Mike Evans show, but I'd potentially even put him in that elite list. Like you look at how long he's been doing it, and some of the quarterbacks he's had through the years as well. Like you know he's been he's been an exceptional player for a long, long time, and um, I think it's about time he started getting the, re- the sort of respect because I think he's he's been an exceptional receiver, and um, you know especially you know he had like Jamise Winston for for a season, and when he threw about eight hundred picks, so you know right. he's 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 been impressive. He's had a thousand yards receiving his every season the nfl all no, i mean it helps that he's in an air offense so let's not take uh let, let's not take that very away. true um but but yeah no my missus would be happy with you uh <laughs> mike mike evans is by far her favorite player and whenever i put evans has scored another touchdown she does a little dance mm-hmm. so uh yeah no she's uh she'll be happy with your words right let's go on to an interesting one and one of which you'll definitely be happy with let's uh turn that frown upside down the San Francisco 49ers almost threw it away, but didn't in a 23-17 road win, the only road win of the weekend against the Dallas Cowboys. I thought that the 49ers were going to hand them uh, hand them a loss. It looked like it was going to be pretty comfortable at the half. Dallas, though, were allowed to come back. Carl Shanahan playing way too conservatively towards the end of the game, not allowing Garoppolo to win this game for himself, I thought. And Dallas ended up with the weirdest call that you could possibly ask for with 13 seconds left, where that Prescott QB sneaks it for about... 14, 15 yards with the refs not knowing what's happening. The refs can't spot it in time. They only had five seconds to run over and spot it. What doesn't help is that they weren't lined up right. They had the ball down on the floor rather than giving it to the ref. And still, they weren't actually in position to spike it anyway. So there, there is so much to unpack here, Steve, from this game. I mean... The moments well before that were quite something in of themselves, weren't they? What an ending. What an ending to a game. What an ending. What a game. It was everything. It really was a good game. And I think, you know, we've got to give commiserations to Tim, our fearless leader, who is probably fed up and sick to death of these Dallas Cowboys. You know, I, I was absolutely loving it, especially some of the shots they were getting of the fans and the crowd just crying, which was terrific. Um, <laughs> have you seen, but... before before you carry on, have you seen the Stephen A. Smith video? Um, no. no, right. I'll, I'll relink it to you. It's currently in our WhatsApp chat. Essentially, if you go out there and type in Stephen A. Smith, Dallas Cowboys fans, you should be able to find it on Twitter and other places where he is essentially just laughing at the different people in the stands at AT AT&T Stadium (laughs) for a solid minute. It is, I mean, if you're a Dallas fan, it's crude to the point of vulgarity. But if you're just someone that enjoys the emotion of sport either end because you can appreciate being on both sides of it, it's such a fun minute. (laughs) 
But yeah, I agree with you. It, it literally had everything. It really did. And I think what's what's important to remember as well is that whilst this last 14 seconds was absolute chaos and, you know, what was Dak thinking? What was the play call? Was that Mike McCarthy? Was that Dak? You know, I don't know who's to blame there. But, you know, the fact that it's a recognised rule, at least there wasn't any controversy as well. At least there's no one here out here like, you know, oh, there was time that, you know, the clock, the clock mm. was finished. Yeah. You know, there was time for it to do. You know, everyone knows that the, the ref has to touch the ball. That is just an accepted rule. There's no way around that. And they just didn't give him enough time. And I sort of understand what the what the premise was. And, you know, if you're going to do that and you're going to spike it to give yourself one shot in the end zone for 15 yards closer than you were, it becomes less of a Hail Mary and more of like you can run an actual play. So I sort of get it. But if you're going to do it, at least give the refs a heads up. At least don't run as far. You know, there's yeah. several things they could have done. How, yeah. However, from a Dallas standpoint, that's not where this game was lost. This game was lost far before then. Let's, here's some stats for you. They gave up 169 yards on the ground to Elijah Mitchell, who was taking on taken on day three in the draft. Um, although he's been an except, as exceptional running back, but he's certainly not a sort of household name. Um, they gave up five sacks on Dak. You know this so-called exceptional, uh, you know, offensive line that has been good in flashes this season, giving up five sacks. Dak only completed less than sixty percent of his passes. Um, they only ran for seventy-seven yards with one of the best so-called rushing attacks in the league. With, you know, with that. Uh, um, with twenty-seven of, of those yards being Dak. Yeah, exactly. With, you know, with that double punch of Pollard and, and Zeke, you know, only only seven, 77 between the three of them. And worst of all, they committed 14 penalties. Yes. 14. That is, Which is that the is most in a playoff game? I think that's the I think so. Yeah, I think it's either the joint most or the most in a playoff game. I think um, so. And, and, and it was constant. It just felt constant yeah. as well. And it wasn't just one or two players doing it; like it was, it was all over the place, you know. This, that, and and that's I think that tells a lot about the occasion and the coaching and such. Like, you know, when when it's such an uh, an epidemic on the field that everyone is committing penalties, I think that tells a lot about the occasion and how it's getting to them. Like, when was the last time the AT and T Stadium has been full for a playoff game? It hasn't happened in a long time, you know. And and, and how many Forty Nine ers fans were there? It's about sixty-five, thirty-five, exactly. wasn't it? Yeah, and exactly. that's San Francisco. I mean. I know yep. that fans are everywhere, but for your, for your diehards, that's a, that's a trip at yep. the start of the start of the year. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And I think you know this this I think summarizes Dallas as a team, and and we all know I'm an Eagles fan, and obviously you know the arch rivals, and I I, I take full pleasure in being able to sort of see them go out at the same round as the Eagles did. But on a serious standpoint, Dallas hasn't won have only sorry have only won three playoff games in the last 26 years that's appalling and they in the in the last 11 times they've been to the playoffs they still haven't reached the championship game i think they've got their their record of the last time they were in the championship game i think it was 1996 nice. and they've been to the playoffs 11 times since and they still haven't been to the back to the championship game which is the longest active streak in nfl history like that's that's insane like you cannot have that little success you know you'd think 25 years is enough time that if you're gonna you know blow it all up and start again and rebuild and such such you'd think that's enough time to build a roster and get a head coaching and build a philosophy to get that happening and i honestly think that this dallas team will not do will not go anywhere and not have any success whilst jerry's at the at the at the front 
They just won't. That guy wants too much to do with it. He wants to be, he wants to have his hand in every single pot. He wants to be the guy on the radio shows answering the questions. He wants to be the guy that makes all the decisions. He wants to have full control over everything in that organization. And whilst he's there, this Dallas team won't win anything. They just won't. You know, you look at the the teams that win things, the team that are, the teams that are successful, they build a culture and they build, they get the head coach in, they get the quarterback in, and they build a culture and they build a winning, you know, team and a winning mentality, and that just doesn't exist in Dallas. That roster was good enough. You know, that defense I think surprised people, and perhaps I don't think they were Super Bowl winners, but that roster was good enough to go to the divisional, maybe even the conference game, and they've you know they've failed at the first hurdle. Should be questions be asked of Mike McCarthy? Maybe, possibly. I think if you spoke to a Dallas fan, they'd probably say, "Yeah, definitely." A lot of a lot of them are calling for his head and put Kellen Moore in 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 the hot seat. So right. I, t- I tell you what, in the uh, in the interest of uh, moving on, I'm going to give you some quick fire questions. Right. So first of all, do you move on from Mike McCarthy if you're the Cowboys? Yes or no? It's, it's so difficult, but I'd I'd be tempted to. I'd be really really tempted to. What has he done in the last two seasons? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. If he if he crashes out next week, like we expect the 49ers to crash out next week, does he get the get get the starting call next year? I th- I think there's a number of factors that come into it. I think one of them is his injury proneness. He's just too injured too often, and I think that you know they they mortgage the future to get Trey Lance, so they have to start him soon. And I, I wonder if a full off season with him, you know, now he's been through a season, he's played a couple of games, he's got a bit of experience under his belt. Full off season with Carl Shanahan. I wonder if they they are planning to start him, and maybe even you know um, Garoppolo might not even be in the building next season. No, interesting. There's a, there's, there's a lot of factors coming into that. I think. Is Debo Samuel the greatest Swiss Army knife in the NFL? Absolutely, absolutely. I saw someone on Twitter yesterday say that he's the best non-quarterback player left in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and I thought, that's, I thought, that's, I thought that's, to myself, and I was like, "That's actually a really good point." I think he is, you know, because he can do it all. He's and he's just he's so fun to watch as well. He's in fact, I'd a... I'd put him under center and see if he can throw some balls as well. Why not? He <laughs> does everything else. Player. Yeah, he really he's, he's is so fun to watch, and that that San Fran team is getting healthy at the right time. Um, so yeah, that that game should be a real interesting one. And then last one for you, and this one's quite fun, I promise. What's the worst howler out of these three? Leighton Van Der Esch's jersey having the wrong spelling on edge, <laughs> a punt hitting the underside of the big board, or. The or Jerry's window, as I think that everyone's now calling it, blinding his own wide receiver to crash them out on a uh, third down. <laughs> let's spend calamity. Let's spend one point seven billion dollars on a stadium and just put loads of big giant windows in there because there's never any sun in texas never. there's never no. any sun in texas it's no never way sunny in it'll texas. never happen it's winter and, when these games are played oh the hitting the jump hitting the big screen is hilarious isn't it they've got this big enormous texian screen haven't they because everything has to be bigger and better in texas and it's just contributed to them losing a game of football <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and then oh. one final thing. Congratulations to Dat Prescott for being named the Nickelodeon player of the game. The uh, the MVP has uh, passed on to yet another losing quarterback. Apparently, there's always a campaign. That, that, that there was a campaign last year and this year that the losing quarterback get the most votes. So I think a lot of people jump onto that. I enjoyed the Nickelodeon broadcast this year. I was glad it was on Game Pass. It, uh, it let me watch it. Having the SpongeBob characters in the field goals and you know, it's just great little, fun, isn't it? The slime it's, stuff. It's great. I, I want it for the so Super Bowl. Fun. Yeah. G- give me the Nickelodeon broadcast for the Super Bowl. It would be it'd be fantastic. Did you see as well? They had a they had a young kid interview Debo Samuel at the end of the game yes, on the pitch I did. side for Nickelodeon, and he was great. He was terrific. He was so good. I think I think he's an acquired taste. I I definitely uh, was more like, oh, all right, kid, you're a bit uh, you're a bit much there. But uh, now he'll end up being a star in uh, probably yeah. NFL circles in a few years, knowing NFL media. Uh, right, so one that you were happy about from a rivalry point of view to one that I'm happy about from a rivalry point of view. Now, I'll admit, I went to bed at 21-7 at this, po- at this point. Um, Kansas City 42, Steelers 21 at Arrowhead. Um, ben Roethlisberger was a bystander, which is exactly how I like him. Um, let's put it this way. Najee Harris got 29 yards on the ground. If Najee Harris is going to have that little of an impact in the game, then you are going to lose if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2022. And got Ben Roethlisberger in the centre. I think that Ben actually did all right to get 215 yards, but realistically, let's face it, a fair bit of that was stat padding towards the end. Uh, Kansas ran riot eventually. They, uh, TJ Watt did as much as he could on defense to hold them at the start, but with this Kansas offense being the way it is at the moment, you you can only hold them off for a certain amount of time before you need your guys to do the business. And 30 from 39 for 404 yards, five touchdowns, and an interception. Um, what what other ma- Travis Kelsey getting 108 yards from five receptions? Game over. Does this really need talking about? And he threw a touchdown pass as well. Travis and he Kelsey, threw a touchdown pass. Which, yeah, which apparently he's always wanted to do. Because then his, because did you see that his mum, obviously Jason Kelsey's brother, center for the Eagles. His mum was in Tampa to watch the Eagles Bucks game. She then got on a plane, flew to Kansas City, made the Kansas City kickoff. I think for I think she got there sometime point during the first quarter. Amazing. And then, and then asked Travis Kelsey a question in the press conference when he wasn't expecting it. He didn't know she was there, which is just amazing. It's wonderful. But I love those um, kind of stories. And Travis Kelsey yeah. seems like the kind of guy that, you know, I, I root for Travis Kelsey because as a human being, he just seems like a great guy. I mean, yeah. you can only take what you're seeing on the screen, but, you know, he just seems incredibly down to us. So that moment must have been fantastic for him. Yeah, and like you say, this this Chiefs offense just went just went ran riot. Four hundred passing yards is impressive in any game, and yeah, that you know this. I think this Chiefs team is like I said with a couple are, are heating up. You know the Steelers are their, their defense is pretty good, but um, I think they they were never really gonna gonna beat the Chiefs, especially in Arrowhead. And um, again, I think I think we I know we've talked about it previously, but that's probably going to be Big Ben's last game, and so it's interesting to see what's going to happen in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, in the off season, because I think there's going to be a lot of decisions to be made. 
I swear to God, if I have to listen to one more Big Ben flipping pump and circumstance type thing, I, 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 I swear I will throw my I, television. I did oh. with Tony Romo a few years ago. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's just, oh, I mean, I had to listen about it at the Browns game because it was his last game at Heinz Field. Then I had to listen about it because I was watching them and the Ravens, hoping that the Ravens would win. Um <laughs> to put us into fourth so I had to listen to all of it again now I had to listen to it for a third time um, <laughs> even though luckily luckily, I was still watching the Dallas game so I missed half of it but NBC still wanted to rub the freaking salt in like no I don't care about him he don't wasn't going to do anything in this game he's he's probably <laughs> gone now and so you don't have to listen to it anymore but but you know what they're going to do they're going to draft someone probably of which means that all you're going to hear is about the fact that he isn't ben roethlisberger or that he could become the next <laughs> no positive vibes they're gone i don't have to look at tj watt's face for the rest of the season either of which is a plus as well. And also, TJ Watt still, you know, he, he calls the interception in the first half. He's undisputed defensive player of the year. Absolutely, Absolutely deserves it. That Steelers defense is definitely what they should be basing their team around. You know, I can yeah. I can look past my partisanship to see that the Steelers defense is scary as shit and that TJ Watt is... I, I feel like they should start double teaming him a hell of a lot more. I know, like I, 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 I feel like for some reason, maybe it's just the fact he doesn't look overly menacing or something like that, that he doesn't get double teamed, but he seems to get away from, from pressure very easily. <laughs> like Just uh, on, on the Steelers as well, TJ Watt is an exceptional talent and he's, and he's equaled the record this year, which is incredible. Um, but on the Steelers, one guy that's not going to come out of this gate this season with too much pride is uh, a certain Juju Smith-Schuster who took a one-year prove-it deal and just hasn't proved it. You know, <laughs> he's not gonna, he's not really going to have a market this year, is he? In, he's going to end up when... on the Browns somehow. I've, I've already... I've, I've, I've already... <laughs> already seen some mock-ups of him in a Browns jersey and I'm not here for it <laughs> at all. Please, for the love of God, Andrew Berry, if you if you are as clever as you say you are, just steer clear of that freak show. Because that's the last thing that I need to see is a flipping logo dances in a goddamn Browns jersey. But yeah, no, you're right. He's not proved it. He's done the complete opposite. I feel like he was always going to be in a losing position anyway because you can't trust Big Ben to actually throw. In fact, we should start calling him Little Ben at this rate because his arm definitely isn't big anymore. Um, you know, so you've, you've always got that as well. I, I felt like it was something doomed from the start. And also, couldn't you, you have gone to the Chiefs this, this year? Weren't the Chiefs one of the ones on the table? I know the I know the Eagles put an offer in for him, but I think yeah, there's there's a couple of teams that were definitely in for him. But yeah, he's uh, he went back to Pittsburgh and was very uninspiring. Very indeed. Speaking of uninspiring, let's talk about Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> a I seamless have been, transition there. A seamless, seamless transition that I have been waiting three months for. Three months I've been waiting for this moment. Kyler Murray showed just how overrated he truly is he completely choked in a 34-11 crushing loss to the rams and i say crushing loss because put it this way i watched the game in 40 having no idea as to who won the game i 
almost packed it up after 20 minutes thinking, well, this is done. <laughs> I couldn't even keep me entertained for the 20 minutes because it was done. And Kyler Murray's stat sheet here, 19 from 34 for 137 yards and two interceptions. One of those interceptions being in his own end zone where whilst escaping from a safety, Shovel passes it directly to a linebacker. Just, what? Just, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's an issue in Arizona, and I, and I don't know if that issue gets solved without a change in coach. Because, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, I've seen a stat, a, a stat showing his first half of the season form versus his second half of the season form in every single team he's coached. And his second half of the season form is, like, decidedly worse. Like, there was a time this season when the Cardinals were above and beyond the best team in the league. Like, they were, I think, 11-0, and all, whatever the, their record was at the time. They were certainly the longest unbeaten team. So um, they were 7-0 and oh, and then 10-2. and two. Ten and two, so yeah, they were they were a, a long time unbeaten and then certainly kept up the the record. But then you look at their final sort of few weeks of the season, their last five weeks of the season: loss, 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 win, loss. Like they lost four out of five of their last five of last five games, and then go straight out of the out of the playoffs in a in a, a, a whimper of a loss to the to the Rams. Now again. It's difficult when you play a divisional opponent in the wild card. I, I, like I, I've said this before, like I, there should be something that prevents it because I think you should want to be playing someone that you don't play like twice a season every single mm. season. And I think there is something to be said to that. But this just shows, you know, and some of their losses this season, they lost to the Panthers, they lost to the Lions. They, that last last game of the season when they lost to the Seahawks, like, you know, with all due respect, the Seahawks were not a good team this year. You know, they shouldn't be losing that game. And, you know, they, they've they just crumbled away. And last night, they just, nothing worked. They got nothing going, like 137 yards in the air. And that's North without the Rams secondary. The Rams had yeah. no secondary. And yeah. in fact, the whole talk was going to be about, can Kyler Murray torch the, the back of the defense? Because there is no back of the defense. Yeah. And the answer to that is decidedly no. He yeah. just gifted it to them instead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I just... I, I'm 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 not sure where Arizona goes from here. I I said, I've said before. My um, I've got a, a, a friend of mine who's a, a Cardinals fan, and I've, I said to him at the start of this season that if the if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs like they didn't last season when they lost five of their last eight games and missed out on the playoffs because they finished eight and eight, Cliff's got to go. Now they've made the playoffs this year after starting an impressive ten and two, but faltering to eleven and six, and have gone out first round to the Rams. Is that really that much better than last season? Like, you know, yes, their record was better. They've won three more games, but they've also gone out straight away. Their quarterback looked looked awful, to put it bluntly. You know, they've brought in a lot of talent to support him, and yes, you know. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't there, and that's a big loss, but he hasn't been there for a few weeks now. You know, J.J. Watt came back, but, uh, you know, um, had one tackle for a loss, but, uh, you know, didn't really do a huge amount other than that. You know, and also as well, Matt Stafford, you know, didn't set the world alight. He didn't. It was actually a poor game by stats. Yeah, Um, like. 202 yards, two touchdowns, you know. 13 completions. There were only 14 completed passes for the Rams. Yeah. 
it's, you know, they didn't throw the ball a huge amount, and and that you know it shows that that you know perhaps this game was there for for Arizona if they really wanted it, if their defense had stepped a bit more, prevented some of these touchdowns, and then they you know they got something going on offense. This I think this game was definitely there to be won, and you know I don't know where the the Cardinals go from here. I don't know what the answer is, but flipping it over, Matt Stafford's first playoff win in yeah. thirteen years in the NFL. And um, didn't even Ram- need to try. <laughs> yeah, the Rams look invigorated. You know, they've they've they'll they'll be pleased that all of these trades that they've made are, are, are paying off. You know, um um Von Miller had a big sack, a big sack on Kyler Murray, so they'll be pleased that he's getting involved. Um and they've got, you know, they've got a, uh, a game next week in, in Tampa, which will be a real test for them. And they, they, you know, they've got to be on form then because this t- that Tampa game will not be the same as this Arizona game. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of things on this before we move on into those games. Um, so th- this was definitely a game where momentum counted. The Rams, you know, it wasn't flawless from them at the start. They were just able to pounce on errors from Arizona and there were plenty of them. Arizona have not been good when their key players are out and I don't think that JJ Watt was entirely healthy. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins and it seems to be that Arizona needs them to to be in their prime to work um, because it's shown that when they are not 100% healthy, they don't win games. It's just something of which you can, you've can you seen over and over again. Whether or not it's actually something of which exists is one thing, but it's what I'm seeing on the... Uh, it's, it's what I'm seeing on paper. And then from that as well, you know, I, I look at the stats, total yards, 375 to 183. LA just played it played at half tempo and that's all they needed to do and it was perfectly fine um and one more thing before we uh before i pass over to you again steve for anybody out there that wants to call me out on this whole odell beckham jr thing he had four catches for just over 50 yards give it a rest give it a rest he's played the cardinals three times this season do i know what the most yards were it was in the game for the Browns where they lost. So, no, it wasn't a sensational game. He just was able to actually catch the ball, which is his job. So, yeah, I just I just want to put that out there because I've already had four people on me today and I'm tired. And, no, I don't think he's sitting the world alight. I think he's in single coverage catching balls from five yards away. Big whoop. The guy was supposed to be a massive international superstar. Now he's doing the job that I'd expect Anthony Schwartz to do. So, all good. And with that, Steve, did you have anything extra to add on? I think I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you calm down a bit. But um, I would say as well, uh, I think teams that are in need of a head coach, of which there are now lots across the NFL, um, I think they should. someone should be giving Raheem Morris another call because he's done a good job as the defensive coordinator this year. And last night, you know, that defense was excellent against Arizona and nothing that, and they've obviously neutralized Kyler and that rushing attack. And one of the things that Kyler is supposed to be good at, you know, is running the ball and he did it twice for six yards. He's meant to be a scrambler. He's meant to be the type of guy that will, you know, like a, like a, a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts will will create plays with his legs. And he just didn't do that last night. And if you can neutralize that of a quarterback who relies so much on their mobility, you know, is has Kyler got the ability through the air? Last night he didn't. 
he did not. So I, yeah. I would like to uh, during the off season, I think when we uh, start looking at things in a bit more of a broader scope, I'd like to to you know dedicate some time and maybe some research to seeing as to whether or not teams have actually been able to nullify the dual threat nature of dual threat quarterbacks because i do think that dual threat quarterbacks this year have taken a hit just mm-hmm. in terms of you know you, you haven't seen the explosive plays anywhere near as much this year i think in terms of dual threatedness i think that it was it it's a phase of which the nfl has learned from from a defensive point of view but like you say you know Ky- kyler murray has been brought in to do that and he couldn't do that so yeah one one final point and then we'll move on do you want to know uh, how many third down, what the third down percentage was for Arizona last night without looking at your screen sheet? Oh, God, I don't know. Zero. They didn't they convert did any not third convert downs. a single third down. They had nine chances, didn't convert That's a single appalling. one. They converted one fourth down. They converted one fourth down from two tries. That's shocking. Like in a playoff game where everything is on the line, like that to me, that comes down at a certain point that comes down to execution. But when you get nine tries, that's play calling. Yeah. Like it's where what is happening with the coaching there, and why are you not at least completing getting one or two or three? You know, no wonder they didn't win the game and only scored eleven points. If you're not converting any of your third downs, of course you're not going to win the game. These guys were ten and two at one point, Steve. Yeah, no. Ten and two. Yeah, I know. How did they get? What? How the mighty have fallen? I think there's going to be some questions asked in in Arizona in the off season. And if you're an Arizona fan and you've got Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, whilst he's still there with the evidence that he's provided over the last few seasons, what do you expect next year? Yeah. What do you expect? Because that comp- that division is only going to get more competitive, as you know, as Seattle, you know, retool. Okay, Seattle will bounce back, and you've got to expect that the 49ers will just build. Yeah, yeah, they, they've already got a solid roster and, and LA, you know, a potentially a Super Bowl contender and will be for a couple more years. You know, this is Arizona have the have the misfortune of being in one of the best divisions in 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 the NFL in terms of competitiveness and and how good the, all four teams are. And if they are not careful, they could be best to worst next year. They're really good. Could get some good money on that. <laughs> Already starting thinking about next year's bets. Um, right, before I blow all my money, let's talk about the divisional round. Now, obviously, we've spoken about most of these teams already, so this will be a bit quicker. Um, but we'll just go through the four games in turn. We'll do it again in chronological order. So Saturday night, it's not uh, it's not Saturday late night, but uh, Saturday night, 930 the Cincinnati Bengals go to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Steve, what I'd like from you is where you think this game will come down to, who you prefer, and who do you think is going to be the key person to look out for? This is such an intriguing matchup. It is, um, isn't it? Because I think Cincinnati is, like I said earlier, is getting hot at the right time. I think... Um, you know, I could certainly see Cincinnati coming away with the win. Um, I think a big factor for Tennessee is that Derek Henry practiced today in pads. So I think he's certainly going to be activated, ready for this game. I think that was the plan all along. Um, so Derek Henry, even if he's got a, you know, a snap count, he's definitely going to be there and 
will he make a difference? I think even just having him on the field will mean that the, the Cincinnati defense has got a scheme to make sure that he's taken care of and, you know, they account for the fact that he can make those explosive plays. Um, do you know what? I think one of the things that this game will come down to is how Ryan Tannehill plays because Ryan Tannehill has proven in in years gone by, certainly in previous teams, that he, he can't handle the big occasion. And, and until he came to Tennessee, you know, no one believed in Ryan Tannehill. Um, but, you know, this this season, he's looked shaky at times. He's had he's had times, you know, when they lose to teams like the Jets and the Texans. The, the Titans this season had a really weird season where they won all the games that you probably penciled that might be a loss. And they lost the games that they definitely should have won. Yeah. You know, they lost they lost to the Texans, they lost to the Jets, and they lost to the Steelers. All of games all of games of which they should have won. But yet beat the Bills, beat yeah. Kansas, did they? I, they I beat Rams, say. they beat the Rams, they beat the Chiefs, you know, they beat the Colts, they beat the Niners, you know, they they, they played they beat some good teams along so they the way. Play up to their com- competition. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you look at uh, um you know, at, at, at what they where this Tennessee Titans team goes, and, and and what do they what do they do from here? And this they will probably be very pleased that they're getting the Bengals rather than the Chiefs or um uh, the Bills, yeah. yeah, or the Bills. Um, I think they'll be they'll be pleased with no disrespect to Cincinnati. I think they'll definitely be pleased that they're getting you know Joe Burrow and Core coming into town rather than Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Um, but that's by no means to say this is going to be a walkover. Um, no. I think if you look at the four games that we've got this weekend, I think this has probably got the biggest chance for an upset, for for an away team victory. Mm. I think this is probably the, the one that's probably going to stead most chance of it happening. Um, so much depends on how Tannehill plays and if they can disrupt him um, and you know and get him to throw incomplete passes and, and, and maybe an interception or two, then that could really turn this game on its head. But again, a lot is also going to depend on that that line. You know, losing that offensive tackle, I, f- I, I forget his name. Losing the offensive tackle is a big loss for Cincinnati. Trey Hendrickson. So Trey Hendrickson is on a concussion protocol. Larry Ogunjobi is Ogunjobi is the one who's out. Yes, yeah. yeah. Ogunjobi, their their defensive, um, sorry, offensive. Ta- um, Defensive tackle, I beg your pardon, not offensive tackle. Um, so you know, having having that on the defensive line, I beg your pardon, sorry, not the offensive line. Um, no worry, you is, <laughs> is 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 again going to make it potentially difficult to disrupt Tannehill. Um, but you know, is Tannehill going to come succumb to the pressure? He certainly did last year in the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does this year, this time around. Yeah, I look at this, and the first thing I think is. The Bengals have just beaten the Raiders. I look at the Titans and I think, are they better or worse than the Raiders right now? Hmm. And at the moment, I'd probably put that at a dead heat. I think that the only real difference between this and the Raiders game is the fact that it's in Nashville rather than in Cincinnati, which will obviously help. I don't think that there is a massive home field advantage uh, in Tennessee. You know, it's definitely not one of these... One of these places where, you know, you tack on an extra few points because of the, uh, you know, because you're going home to uh, to Tennessee. But mm. I think it will have some pull. I think that Ogan Joby being out does make life harder. Not so much um, to allow Tannehill in the game, but more that if Derrick Henry is going to be released, he's going to have a weaker line to 
you know, there there will be more holes for him. Yeah. Um, I just wonder if it's maybe too early for Henry. Um, whether Henry will, would even be able to actually get up to any kind of speed this off season, even if they made it through to the Super Bowl, would Henry actually, you know, be the guy to run you to the Lombardi? I personally don't see it. Watch me get proved wrong as he runs for 140 yards on Saturday night. But there's there's not a lot in it. I personally prefer the Bengals squad at the moment. I think that their roster's better. I think that the quarterback's better. Hmm. I'd even say that rushing really, you know, do I want a 50% Henry or do I want uh, what what the Bengals are offering? And I'd probably side with the Bengals. So it's going to be tight. I think that this one definitely, I, I like the fact that you called it an, a, an away win and not an upset. Because I don't see see the Bengals winning as an upset. No, um, I think that they definitely cover. I mean, it's only like three or three and a half of which uh, the Titans are currently favoured by. I reckon that they should definitely cover the game, um, and they could well come out with the win, and that makes me want to throw up. But <laughs> you know, I I do think that the Bengals have a great chance of getting into divisional round. In terms of what you say about Titans being glad it's not the Chiefs or the Bills. Absolutely, because mm. if the Bengals play like they did in the second half against the Raiders, at any point, the Titans can definitely come back and bite you in the ass, and that's yeah. what they'll be looking for. Yeah, I think I think and what you said, sort of the, in regards to an upset, I think we're at the point now where there is no such thing as an upset anymore. These are the eight best teams in the NFL, like Packers Forty Niners. Packers Forty Niners. I think that that would be an upset. I mean, yeah, yeah, possibly, but I think you know any any one of these teams could now could you now certainly go to the championship game. So, you know, I think we're, we're past the point. Of course, they could go to like... the championship game. All they have to do is win. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think that's necessarily an upset. But again, like look at last season as well. Like um, last season, they uh, the Titans played uh, the Ravens uh, in the first round of the playoffs and they lost 2013. And Tannehill threw only for 165 yards. You know, I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done this weekend. So I think he's going to have to be better. Will Derrick Henry be fit enough, like you say, to, to make an impact? How will that Tennessee rushing attack cope without him? This game could come down to the defences. It could come down to whichever defence plays better. And I think we know that Cincinnati has a good defence, especially that secondary. Um, you know, they're going to miss potentially a couple of players on, on that defensive line, as we've discussed. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a tight matchup. I think this could be the closest game of the weekend. Um, and yeah, would don't don't uh, don't be surprised if uh, Cincinnati come away with a victory. And could you imagine after 30 years of no victories in the playoffs, they then go to the AFC Championship game? That would be uh, that would be pretty special. It, it would, especially considering their drought. Um, I'd also say that it'd be uh, pretty good for the Titans as well. I think that they've uh, had quite a spell without being in the uh, in the conference game as well. So um, yeah, definitely one to look out for there. Then we come to the the late offering on Sunday morning slash Saturday late night. And it is the 49ers traveling to Lambeau. Now, I've really enjoyed the 49ers run to this point. I do think that the Packers are different gravy. Yeah. I've, I do think that the run ends here. I think that quarterback far better in Aaron Rodgers. Um, the wide receivers, you've got Devontae Adams. 
uh, Lazard is playing out of his mind. Even Van de- Valdez Scantling is probably the best uh, wide receiver three in the league. Um, Odell Beckham excluded. Um, then you look at you look at the defense. The Packers' defense is always worth you know keeping in mind, especially if you're playing against Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I I don't see the only way which I see a 49ers win is if the game of which they I, I believe that these two played earlier in the season it was quite close towards the end and it was only because of a rally yeah and it was because of a rally towards the end that the 49ers kept it close if they can harness that and bring it in then they've got a chance but personally I only see see this going one way what do you think yeah, I think I agree with you. I think this has got um, a Packers win written all over it, and I've just talked about there being no such thing as an upset. I think you know this this San Francisco team has just gone into Dallas and come away with the victory. I think they've proven that they deserve to be where they are, and so from that perspective, if they do go into Lambeau and beat Green Bay, I don't think that consists as an upset. I think a, a team that is you know has really come along, uh, you know, from especially when you consider. This, this team last season, all the injuries they had and all the problems they had, they've come a long way since then. And they've, you know, they've got good players. You forget about some of the players that San Francisco have got. You know, George Kittle is a monster at tight end. You know, they've got um, you know, Debo Samuel, other playmakers offense. Brandon Ayuk is a good receiver. He's he's coming along this season. Um, you know, they've got some decent rushing attack as well. But even on, on the defense, they've got some excellent players on, on defense. And, and if they can... If they can hold Rodgers, I think that's going to be the big question is, can their defense be a sort of bend but don't break style? And can they hold him? And can they, you know, this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, is one of the best to play the game. And, and sometimes he just grabs a game by the scruff of his neck, scruff of its neck and just, you know, has his way with it. And, and I think that could be the case here because he's just so good. And uh, do the San Francisco 49ers have enough to keep him under wraps? I don't necessarily think so. Um, I think it should be a good game. It's a shame that it's it's the one fifteen game on Saturday night because that's obviously really difficult to stay up and watch. But um, yeah, I think this wouldn't surprise me if if uh, Green Bay comes out uh, on the on the road to hosting yet another NFC Championship game. Yeah. So um, so in that case, then are you uh, are you are you seeing a, a Packers victory here despite despite those thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that, like I said, there's although this 49ers team have got skill, um, I think the the Packers are just too good. I think that the obviously Rogers accounts for so much more, and uh, we've just talked about Garoppolo and and his drawbacks and and some of the things that some of the limitations that he has. Um, you know, if you compare the two in the regular season, Garoppolo had 20 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Rogers had 37 touchdowns and four interceptions. You know, and that was over a very similar yardage as well. So what that tells me is that Rogers is so much more efficient with the ball, and he's so much more so much more effective in getting it to the people that are going to score points and going to you know create touchdowns and create plays. So yeah, yeah um, as Rogers much as this Adam. point, yeah, exactly. You know, they're they're a chemistry that have been um, working together for years and years. And as much as this 49ers team is fun to watch, I think this will be a Green Bay victory. Speaking of fun to watch. How's this for a smooth transition? We move to 8 o'clock on Sunday. Buccaneers taking on the Rams at the Ray J. Um, so I look at this, I, I think back to the first few weeks of the season where the Rams 
hosted the Buccaneers and took them to task. And everyone was quite shocked at the time. But it was at that moment where you thought this could easily be a championship game in of itself. It was definitely looking that way. I expect the same vibe this time round. I think that both teams are going to are going to be giving everything. I expect a really high-scoring game. I think that the defences are going to be anomalies again, really. It will come down to who can get the stops. You know, can Von Miller get to Brady? If that is the case, then I see it tipping towards the Rams. If Matt Stafford has games similar to what he's had recently, and I include last night, I don't think he's able to rack up enough points to actually get them over the line. So this is going to be on a knife edge. I give it to the books at the moment, though. Uh, Well, interestingly, this this matchup happened in week three, same as the Packers 49 It was week three. Oh, that's that's interesting. How strange. Um, Yeah, (laughs) and it was 34-24 to the Rams. Um, I think what's going to be interesting here is having just watched the books is their linebackers are so good. They're so explosive and they just make plays all over the field. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Stafford handles them because Stafford has shown in recent weeks that he is prone to the occasional mistake. You know, he had that game a couple of weeks back. I think it was week 17 where he was throwing interceptions left and right. It was against the Ravens. That's right. But he was throwing interceptions left and right. And it's like, he didn't even want to win the game and they eventually won it in That's right, the, last, yeah. the last play of the game. You know, it's, it, it, he has that in him and he's just shown, obviously he can win a playoff game and he's got it. And you know, the Sean McVay, you know, style of coaching and and sort of aggressive uh, sort of offense is is gonna get this Rams team far. But have they got enough to to beat the Bucks? I don't know. And the Bucks, if if they come away again with another performance like they did this week against the Eagles, I could easily see them rolling over the Rams. And and I think it is going to be a lot about how Stafford deals with that Bucks secondary and that Bucks um, just defense in general. Um, if yeah. they can take him down. If they can, if they can get to him, and if they can, you know, get in his face, and and you know, maybe make a, a get a turnover early, you know, get in his head. This I think this this game could turn on his head. Um, but again, another home game for Tampa Bay. Do you know, last week was the first home game that Tampa Bay has hosted in the playoffs, um, aside from the Super Bowl that they've won, which is no. crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> that, that's in that, in that mad. stadium, anyway. Yeah, that's mad. So, so you're telling me that the Ray J last year, uh, the Super Bowl, was their first home playoff game, and that doesn't even count because it's a neutral ground. I think so. As far as I'm aware, yeah. There's a stat that's like that in the quite game, something. Which is, which is quite something, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. I enjoy yeah. that. I, I like your little <laughs> stats there. That, that, those kind of stats can stay. And speaking of things that can stay, I could have this matchup pretty much every single year. Chiefs Bills is the eleven thirty Sunday this night. Is the one, isn't it? This is, this the, is one. the one. This is the one that I saw at that one point. It was um, it was potentially the wild card weekend game, and I was just licking my lips, thinking, "Yes, let's go, let's do it." It ended up not being so for obvious reasons. Um, but Bill's going into Arrowhead personally, although I, although it's not on uh, Sky or any other betting company at the moment, I have the Bills being slight favourites there. They did it earlier in the season. They yeah. went to Arrowhead in week seven, I think it was, or six, and won comfortably. 
3820. This was in the midst yes, of they did. Kansas that... City's like you know awful streak. It was it was part of the clueless Kansas uh, yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think it was week six, and at this point, Kansas City was two and three. So, you know, this is this has happened again this season. It's it's another rematch that's already happened once this season, um, and it, it 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 just I think it's two of the best teams in the NFL currently. Um, obviously, the Chiefs' defense has shown that it's got faults. Um, it just has just like the Bills' offense has. So, I, you know, I think they could potentially neutralize each other if the Bills can rush the ball like they did last week. I think the Bills can win this as well. I really do. Um, and the Bills will be out for revenge after last year as well. Um, so, I think there's there's a good chance that the the Bills could could be, you know, real hyped up after that emphatic win last week against the Patriots, and be wanting revenge. They've already beaten them once in the regular season. There's a blueprint for it. Yes, the Chiefs are a better team now than they were in week six. But, you know, the Bills need... If, if Josh Allen wants to be sort of taken seriously as an elite quarterback, sooner or later, they're going to have to start pe- beating really good teams in the playoffs. And this is it. This is their first test. It's, with all due respect to New England, this is their first test against a really good team where they think they've got a chance. And if they if they falter here, then same old, same old, you know. Yeah, we need, and we there's need... no reason not to. There's no reason yeah, not to. Exactly. The Chiefs have lost to good teams this year, and yeah. at all points of the season, you know yeah. their loss to the Bengals a few weeks back shows that. Yeah, that if this... you take on the Chiefs, you can win. This Chiefs is definitely not the 2019 Chiefs or the 2020 Chiefs. No way, they are different, and they are not as good as not as explosive as they usually have been in the past. Now, that's not to say that they won't run riot. And I was going to say, know, let's flip the script know, in a second yeah, or two because exactly. I do want to give them some love. But yeah, and I, yeah, and I'm certainly not saying that they're not going to because they have the playmakers that can do that. You know, Tyreek Hill. All it takes is a Patrick Mahomes or oh, throw it down there. Tyreek will be down there somewhere. You know, and it, all of a sudden it's a 76 yard touchdown. You know, it, that's all it takes. So this is going to be a, a really interesting game. It's just a shame that it's at 11.30 on Sunday night because I think this is, the, this is the game that everyone wants to watch this weekend. I will take the sleep deprivation. It, I it think finishes, so too. It finishes so at 2.30, sod it. That'll be fine. I, I can yeah. deal with a 2.30 bedtime. That, that, that'll be fine. I, it's, it's the 1.15 on Saturday night that I'm, I'm a little bit yes. iffy on because yes. I don't feel like Packers 49ers is worth it. But yep. You know, Chiefs Bills at half eleven. Yeah, give me that. I'm good with it. Um, gonna show the Chiefs some love before we wrap this up. There is a reason as to why they're the number two seed in the AFC, despite their terrible start to the season. This team is clicking. You can tell that even in adversity, they're able to to get their shit together and actually pull out the wins if needs be, or they'll go on a run. You know, against the Steelers last week there was one point where they were terrible but then something just clicked it was clicked and they were like right let's go and they reeled off i think it was like three touchdowns or four touchdowns in the space of 10 minutes on the game clock you know they can they can just do that so the bills have to watch out for that if they're going to do it because if they get on a roll then this game will be gone and it's how the chiefs have beaten the bills in the past they will just pick up this really weird almost unassuming bout of um, momentum and just roll with it. And especially at Arrowhead, it's incredibly loud and all the rest of it. The, the Chiefs, if they can pick that up, they'll win the game. If not, Josh Allen definitely has a chance to do it and to pull off the upset in quotation marks. 
I think I'd go as far to say as I think the winner of this game goes to the Super Bowl. I think yes. Um, and and that's no disrespect to the other two teams on no. the side of the AFC. I think this these two teams are the best in the AFC at the moment. Um, I agree that I think that uh, depending on how Henry plays, I think Tennessee is like a fake one seed. Um, it, it, they I are, think... but they are they they got there by complete circumstance. Yeah, and I think you know it almost would be better if it was the Bills against the Titans and the Chiefs hosting the Bengals because then we do have a chance of that Bills Chiefs sort of AFC Championship yeah. game. But you know everyone's got their own merit, so it, 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 then, then again, it, it's world. it's good to have it this way. You know, yeah. I think the last two conference games in the AFC have been Chiefs Bills, so yeah. you know the the fact that that can't be the case this year. I mean, you look at it in English football when uh, the FA Cup allows you to have two championship teams um you know play each other and a premier league teams playing a premier league team it means that at least one can get into into the next round of the cup you know yeah, you look at it that way it, and it's definitely not on that ilk because obviously the titans and bengals can match the chiefs or the bills on their day yeah but and it's, you want it's... you want at least one of the chiefs and the bills in there yeah, it's definitely not written. Though. I would say, like, it's you know, I say that I think that one of them will go to the Super Bowl. You know, it, whoever wins out of Cincinnati and Tennessee will be well up for the game against oh, one of these two. Yeah, absolutely. But, but so... it's another tier above. And also, you can look at you can look at the games prior. You can say, you know, oh well, the Bengals beat the Chiefs, and you know, the Titans beat the Bills. But postseason teams are different. It's a completely different ball game. Everything goes up an extra twenty percent, even though your body's given up an extra fifty percent. So, you know, there is so much more to it than that. Yep. And I think that's something of which we are both appreciating here. Steve, <laughs> it's coming on to almost the time where the fourth official would put up the board for injury time, but we're going to get out of here just before that. We're going to be like the referee in the uh, in the Afcon and uh, blow a little <laughs> early, uh, and just hope that nobody notices. Oh, God, I still can't get over that. That's got to be the funniest. Uh, it's got to be the funniest thing for for a major tournament as well. Anyway, not going to do that. Steve, great to have you on as always, bud. Thanks very much for uh, filling the role of two men tonight. Uh, with uh, Steve having crashed out due to a workplace interception. Good to see you after your bye. Let's, you better be on next week as well. Let's just say, we'll leave you with this. I think let's just hope that the divisional weekend is better than the super ultra mega wildcard weekend. Yes. Of which somehow we still got about 90 minutes of conversation out of. So there was <laughs> exactly. definitely enough to talk about. So uh, we'll be back next week for about two and a half hours worth of divisional roundup and conference uh, previews um, before our five hour Super Bowl coverage. No, I think that that would murder me. Um, check out the 410yards.co.uk website for Sean's game balls this week. I can't tell you as to who he's chosen because I've yet to uh, get to look myself. I'm going to assume that Josh Allen has won the offensive player of the week. And if he hasn't and he's gone for Joe Burrow, then you can tell that that's just clear Bengals bias. Um, as to the rest of our coverage, we'll have previews up towards the end of this week. So keep an eye out for that on our Twitter pages or the website. Uh, the betting part will be back towards the end of the week as well. That's it from me. I'm Josh, and uh, Steve has been my uh, my ever humble and 
honest statistician, shall we say. And uh, we look forward to his views next week and the week after because we're not giving him another bye. Can't do without him for too long. Steve, thanks very much, mate. We've been the full 10 yards. <laughs>